Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here, back with Tom and Ed. Guys, another week, another podcast, some more fun comments from Tank, and some new oh. music. It's, it's good times here. We'll get, to, we'll get to the person I shall not name later on. However, Tom, how was your Father's Day? <laughs> Ed, I love it. I appreciate that. Uh, good. Although I'm here in New York, we're actually doing pretty good with, with the Rona here compared to some of the other states, especially the South, not to name any names. But it always feels good to celebrate. I work hard as a dad, and my son definitely, hopefully, will appreciate it someday. <laughs> well, yeah, the South nice. is jacked up. Rona's all over the place. Nobody wears their mask because they suck. So I'm in a mood today. So watch out. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ed... And Tom, we got to talk about a couple of things first. Can we first give a shout out to my guy, Big Dog 87 He wanted us to talk about Eric Bellinger. So I just mentioned Eric Bellinger. So shout outs to Big Dog 87 um, <laughs> So we have... <laughs> Listen, oh, when, he, when he drops some music, we'll talk about Eric Bellinger some more. But uh, I want to talk about a couple things here. We got some new music here, but I also want to talk about this. Super Mario Brothers 2 for the Nintendo. Do you guys know that game? Of course. Well, obviously. Isn't that the one where like the gameplay is different than the rest of the Mario games? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, and I know the story behind that. I actually don't know even, the story. I was just going to ask if you guys like that game, but Ed, even the bosses, the story. Ed, right? The bosses are yes. It was a big toad, wasn't it? Yes, warts. The whole thing was different. Long <laughs> story short, the original Super Mario Brothers 2 and I think they put it on like the Mario All-Stars game years after. They considered it too hard for the audiences because it was actually pretty hard. Oh, yes. So instead, they took this other game from Japan. I can't remember the name. It was like Doki Doki something. And <laughs> they just reskinned it with Mario. That's why it plays completely different. The enemies are completely different. But even though it's different, I love it. I love that game. Princess was mm. the best. She floated. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Luigi with that stupid fluttering jump was so hard to control. Yeah, he could jump. <laughs> he, was high, but he was just like all over the place. <laughs> you know what, guys? At that time, <clears throat> there weren't a lot of female characters that you could really use in video games. And for me, it was cooler to use the guys. But once I saw that the princess could fly and float, I'm like, I'm the princess. Yeah. Period. Yes, it was the best. You're on that stupid ice level slipping all over the place. All you had to do was float and then come to a safe landing. You got Luigi's legs flittling all over the place like he was just going <laughs> to fall out. Reminds me of Ashanti trying to hit those high vocals. Like, just stay in your lane, Yo. boo. You ain't got to go too high. <laughs> oh, relax. Um, speaking of Ashanti here, I was going to put oh, this in God. the play of please, but it's not a play of please, guys. Uh, is anyone feeling some gyros right now? Some Greek food? Tom, you love Greek food, don't you? I'm half Greek. I don't love Greek food, unfortunately. <laughs> you don't? Oh, wow. I did not know this. No. Never. What's wrong with Greek food? Gyro loves it. I mean, what is it? Like a wet gyro and a soggy... What is that called? What are you eating, player? <laughs> not soggy tacos. What's a mayonnaise sauce? Oh, it's not it's mayonnaise sauce. This is gross. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I just hey, you, saw the, you, you saw the uh, the classic commercial. What, what were your thoughts? Were you sold? Did you even see that commercial, Tom? Because if you didn't, I did. And what you know what that commercial... You didn't see this on Instagram? Uh, I think it was Twitter I saw it on. There's a oh, commercial of Ja Rule. Yeah. And player, if you have seen, shout out to my boys as yet. Remember their video where they were standing uh, yep. on what looked like that screensaver from 1995 Windows? That's exactly <laughs> what that Ja Rule video reminded me of. He's like dancing around with no shoes on in vats of meat. That's your boy, oh. Kyle. You thought Fire Festival was bad? <laughs> well, actually, the uh, that video was a viral moment because it's actually part of a TV show that NBC's doing. So, I guess it worked. Hmm. No, it didn't work. 
Well, I'm going to be here eating gyros while you're uh, over there. What's on the menu tonight, Ed? That's actually a good question. I need to figure out what's on the menu because, you know, it's up to me now. So I got to figure out what's going down. I think the wife might do the <laughs> Instacart. Mm, there you go. Fun times. Now, Tom, I came across some interesting facts on Twitter here. This is a hypothetical, but Alicia Keys revealed that before she became famous, there was an opportunity for her to join 3LW. Can you envision that actually being a thing where Alicia Keys would have been singing Players Gonna Hate and No More Broken Promises? Can you have envisioned that, Tom? I'm, a, I'm picturing two of these girls dancing around singing these songs and Alicia in the background with a, playing on the piano. That's my vision of this whole... I can't even envision this. Something tells me that Alicia doing the Promethe Promethes ain't gonna work. I mean, no. We were much better off with her in the piano and the little hat that she had on. Because this ain't working. Alicia is a cheetah girl? Uh-uh. <laughs> well... Well, that's what people might not realize is that a lot of our favorite artists, they didn't just get on right away. They probably were in like three different groups before they got on. They probably had two label deals that didn't pan out. It was just a crazy time back then, Tom. You've interviewed a lot of artists and they've told you about these stories. Like just the fact that they persevered through through all of it, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. um, One of those was Tiffany Villarreal, who I interviewed, and she was talking about how she was part of um, 702 originally, which was crazy. And obviously, we interviewed Mila from 702, and she mentioned how she, this was after she was on, she was part of, she almost became part of Total. I think she told us that when she, um, or Pam told us that from Total, which, you know, was crazy. Yeah, was crazy. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of grinding that goes on, which people don't realize, you know, it's, it's wild. We were just talking on Facebook on the Soul and Stereo Cypher. Go check that out. Um, we were talking a couple of days ago about your boy Bobby V and how he started in Mister And Mister. Yep. I know they didn't get a lot of love, but, man, I thought they were great in 96, 97. I love their album. They had some good singles. And he broke off and did his own thing almost shoot, five or six or seven years later. So you never know. Where it's a lot of times we think these artists just like one day decide to start singing and then become overnight celebrities, but although that kind of does happen now with Instagram land, ugh. But besides that, for the most part, these guys and girls grind forever until they kind of land on their feet. It's kind of part of their maturation story. I like it. You know what's crazy? I just realized Bobby V, speaking of Bobby V, Ed, he was actually. Um, auditioning for American Idol, I think during the first season when uh, Kelly Clarkson won, but he didn't make the cut. Oh. Which, which is again, it just crazy. It shows to me how much these people grind because he was already an established artist. I don't know if Blackberry Molasses like went gold or anything, but that's a pretty recognizable hit. And then he had to start from the bottom, go back to American Idol before he hooked up with Luda and did his thing. So. Success comes if you grind, people. We've been doing a lot of interviews lately, and I love to ask artists how they got signed, because especially in the 90s, the artists, the the stories are so unique. I remember Carl Thomas told me, I don't know if you guys know, but he was part of a group called Formula at first with Troy Taylor, Kyle's boy, and it didn't work out. And he just happened to be performing in in an open mic in, in New York City, and Biggie and Puffy just happened to walk in, and he happened to be on the stage at that moment, and that's how he got signed. Like, to me... That's so wild, and nowadays you don't hear stories like that. More so, it's just like, oh, we found this guy on Instagram. He had one million followers, or on YouTube, you know. So the, I love hearing the stories of back in the nineties. Yeah, it's almost cinematic. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. That sounds like a freaking movie. Like he gets his yeah. one shot, and then the biggest artist of all time, and his, you know, his second comes in, and it's like that's the stuff dreams are made of. I'm not hating on anybody's hustle in 2020. Y'all get your Instagram views. But it's just something a little bit more <laughs> special about being on stage, having your one shot, and never know who's going to be in the audience. Let me ask you guys this. Because um, this conversation just reminded me of something that Magoo told me not too long ago. He says that... Maganoo. <laughs> Maganoo, yep. He said that... First, also, Ed... 
My bad. We were actually supposed to refer to him as Maganu. He doesn't actually like the name Magoo. I think mm. someone like nicknamed him, coined that nickname for him, but his actual rap name is Maganu. Yes, wow. I know this. Shout out to VA. Uh, but what he told me was um, the people that end up making it, especially in the entertainment industry, it's usually not the most talented people, but it's actually the hardest working people. Can you guys think about this for a second and give me your take? Because I immediately thought of Lucky Day, who was also on American Idol once upon a time back in like 2005. And uh, he was grinding. He started out as D Brown and didn't quite make it. And now 2017 comes along, 2018, 2019, 2020. And he's one of the most anticipated and you know beloved new R&B acts on the scene. So would you guys agree with that? The hardest workers are usually the ones that make it to the top? Mm. Mm, no. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say no. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> I'm going to say no right off the bat because here's how I see it. And I've been around so many artists, um, you know, doing that Soul Village show I did, upcoming artists looking to get on. And my yeah. experience, I've seen so much talent, but really a lot of the artists I've seen just don't know what to do to get discovered. So they just know how to make music. They don't end up linking up with the right people and don't get put in the right positions. And then the other side of it is I think a lot of the artists get maybe one opportunity to where it could happen but they're not prepared for that moment so it's a few different factors and then you have people like carl thomas who just happened to get lucky i mean maybe you say he worked hard and, and never gave up but who knows i mean you know maybe he worked he was the hardest worker what if he wasn't on stage at that moment i mean he wasn't young at that point so <sighs> hard work is part of it i think it also takes a lot of luck what do you think ed that's exactly you hit exactly what I was about to get on. Like their hard work has to do with so much of it. You talk about Lucky Day. If you go back and read those notes of the CDs that you used to cop, like I used to do, because I'm a weird music nerd like that, and you see Lucky Day writing songs for Keith ten years ago, obviously he's been putting in work for a decade and working hard and honing his craft. But his hard work and preparation. And look, like all the stars have to align to get you to the next level. There are a lot of people around here who work tirelessly and never got that big break. And there's some people around here that, like I said, posted the right song at the right time on the right Instagram account and blew up. And then they get on stage and don't sing and don't know how to do nothing. Um, I won't name names. Somebody last night. <laughs> but what it comes down to is you just have to have all those factors lined up. So... Yeah, hard work is a huge, huge factor. And I think if you don't have the work ethic, you won't be able to get to the levels of stardom. Say what you want about Beyonce. Say what you want about Cousin Chris and Usher and those top tier artists. They grind and they put in work. But unfortunately, it takes a little bit more than that. Yep. You know what I think, also Kyle, takes too? good looks. Well, I, Tom, I was going to say it also <laughs> takes good looks like Cassie. Shout out to my girl. Oh, Vogue boy. Italian uh, R&B superstar. Remember that? Oh, God. Let's not go there. Please. Please, You know what I told a lot of artists advice-wise, you know, who came to me and asked what they need to do to get on? You know, establish yourself as a writer. Link up with a producer who has connections and offer yourself as a writer. You know, start in those circles. I think a lot of artists started out that way. And then eventually they got their shot because once you're on, you know, and working with bigger names, you get in the right circles and then people start noticing you. I think... That was one way I thought to go about it throughout the 2010s of how artists could get their shot. Not a lot of people took my I, advice, unfortunately. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> but you're right. Um, Styles P from the Lock, Locks, shout out my boys. I think it was Styles P. It was either Styles P or Sheik. One of them was talking on Instagram um, pretty recently. Oh, this was Twitter, actually. About how they were writing and getting ready to do, um, what's the song? All About the Benjamins. And this writer just kept getting in their face like, yeah, you're going to come in here. You're going to go do this and you're going to do this. And they were like, who is this person? You know who that person was? Missy Elliott. <laughs> she was the force behind that song. And wow. at the time, she was just this hyperactive little writer that was all kind of like mm -hmm. in the way. But look at where that took her career. She was in the right place at the right time. Kelly Price started out doing background and 
She was singing on Mariah joints, and then she was writing Bad Boy songs, and then 98 with her own hits. That's how you got to lay the foundation. You don't just sing one time and become a superstar. Tom is right on that. Yep. Now, speaking of hard work here, Brian McKnight just dropped his 20th studio album, Exodus. This is his final album. 20 albums is a lot, and that really just goes to show the amount of work that he put into these last... We came in like 92, so I think we're looking at almost three decades now. Is my math correct here? I think it's correct, right? Yeah. Almost three decades of... We're old, but almost three decades of uh, R&B has given us so many great records. Um, Before we talk about legacy and maybe some of his reasons on why he's retiring, quote-unquote retiring, Ed, you listened to the album... He's leaving after this. Is this the right way to leave? Uh, it's a way. First of all, and I and you know, shout out to Brian. I would never discredit his career. Definitely one of the the stalwarts of R and B. Because even though I think it was your Instagram page where you posted, "Hey, this is his twentieth album," and people were freaking out. It's like I can't believe you had twenty <laughs> albums. The dude is putting out an album. Either every year or every other year since his debut. He has continually and consistently worked. So that part is cool. However, whenever an artist is like, this is it. This is my last album. I'm like, okay, homie. The allure of... When you're an artist, you just have to express yourself through music. And I still think there may be a time when he's like, oh, I got one more album in me. So we'll see if this is really his last one. As far as the quality of the album... uh, I feel like I've said this about the last two or three albums he's dropped. It's technically proficient. He's singing in different styles. He's got country sounding songs. He's got pop songs. He's got R&B songs. It shows that he can really do everything when he wants to. So it's a great showcase of his talent. As a body of work, it's just okay, I guess. I mean, there there's definitely some good songs. There was a song near the end that I absolutely loved. I'm liking on the name of it. It's got some good joints on it, but as far as an overall project, it gets a little sleepy at times. It gets a little lengthy at times. If this is a way to go out, I think it just shows that he is a all-tools player. He's an artist that has been able to evolve and give us different sounds over these past 30 or so years. So it's a great look at what he can do, but it won't go down as a classic album by any means. No, and those were the Tom. opinions of Edward Bowser from SoulInStereo.com. If anyone yes, <laughs> Et Bowser on Twitter, come in my DMs and yell at me there. But again, we love Brian. I'm not just saying that to get out of trouble. It's good, it's a good album, but it's it is what it is to me. I will be um, Tom. I gotta ask you this um, because when I had a chance to interview Brian last week. I mentioned the fact that, you know, he's dropped albums every two years and some people may not not have caught it. And I think this is the exact same question you asked probably about five years ago. And I think his mindset is completely different than it was five years ago. I think five years ago, the blame was probably more on the consumer not looking for the music. But now Brian has, has taken a step back and realized, you know what? Priorities have changed for his fans. They're hitting their 30s and 40s now. Music is not at the forefront of what they, you know, do on a day-to-day basis. And I know you're going through that as well. Like, you can relate to what Brian is saying, right? Oh, yeah. I, that was a very intelligent answer to, to your question. And he, Brian has always been someone to me who is extremely intelligent and gets it. I mean, you could tell that he was frustrated with the music industry for many years. Remember when he put out that song, Let Me Show You How That Thing Worked? Or whatever. That's a great song, by the way. You know, hold on. I actually listened to that song today, and that song is not that explicit after you listen to Heartbreak on a Full Moon and Indigo by Chris Brown. I'm just (laughs) Isn't it funny how things come around? Isn't that funny? He was ahead of his time. (laughs) My point, yeah, right. My point is, you know, and he proved a point with that, and he proved he was correct. People paid more attention to that than anything else he was doing. And I don't think, I mean, I don't think people deserve... Brian McKnight in R&B, just because he's been creating quality music for many years, and people don't pay attention. And I mean, he gets it. You know, people have other priorities in life. There's not as many diehard fans who are just on Instagram all day, checking out what their favorite artist is doing, or an artist they used to like. 
I mean, I've seen what Twitter looks like these days, guys. It's Ed, I told you, man, I don't know how you do it on a daily basis. It's it's pretty scary. So I see who's on social media actively. <laughs> so I get paid for it. That's the only reason why. Ugh. With that being said, I mean, I give more power to him, you know, and if he's not passionate about it, you know, just find other things in life that make you happy. You know, that's what it is, and it seems like he's on the right track, so... I would definitely applaud this man for a legendary career if this is the end. He's given us so many hits, mastered love songs and and romantic music. So, one of a kind right there. No question. Ed, I got to say this, though, man. Like, obviously, when you hear that one of the legends is retiring. uh, Actually, let me clarify. He's not retiring from touring. And he might release some singles in the future, but he's done releasing albums. And his reason for that is because he just wants to spend more time with his wife. He posts a lot about his wife on Instagram, clearly in love with her, and he just wants to... And I think this is the cool part. He's been able to build a career, and he's able to now have the luxury of spending time with his wife and not worry about the financials because he worked so hard throughout his career to get to this point. Like... If anyone is mad at him for retiring for that reason, I don't know. You need to set your priorities straight because I think that is a wonderful way to, to go out. Exactly. I mean, I have fussed on these same Twitters that Tom just talked about that drives me absolutely up the wall. But I don't know. I think sometimes some fans get a little possessive of these artists and they forget that they're real humans besides these and they aren't robots that just crank out hits for you. <laughs> That you can enjoy for the end of time. He's given us tons of platinum records. Tons of good songs. Tons of actual real life classic songs. My wife and I were just talking about um, the Back in One album. Not before we hopped on this podcast. So yes, he has done all he can do. He has submitted himself as one of the stalwarts of R&B. I applaud him for saying, hey, I might drop a song here or there. But my priority is my family. That's why I always say when artists are like, so I need a new album from so-and-so, I'm dropping them out of my favorites list. Look, player, these Mm. artists don't owe us anything when they've already spent decades giving of themselves and their talents to us. So, yes, this last album, it was just okay to me. But that's not going to take away from what he's done, and it doesn't take away from his legacy. He has earned the chance to sit down. And I'd rather he sit down than to continue on and... Kind of sully his legacy. Mm-hmm. But Kyle, I'm a little upset, Kyle. Yep. Can I tell you why I'm upset? Yeah. When when we when we when we shared the news that this was Brian's last album, and mind you, this wasn't the first time we announced it. People were like, mm. "Oh no, no, where's he going? Why is he retiring?" I'm sure none of these people have even heard any or took the time to listen to any of his previous music or supported the past few albums. I'm pretty confident in saying that. And it bothers me. Now you're sad he's leaving. You didn't pay attention to him before. Listen, Tom. Brian already explained to us. People have different priorities. And you're not going to have the time to listen to every album. So I'm going to give them a pass on that. But the question I need to ask you guys. Come on, Tom. People are going to be like that. But I have a question for you guys. Is this actually Brian McKnight's last full-length album? I, 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 I will, I can tell you for sure it's not going to be his last song and last album. I don't know about that again, right now with this space in his moment, I mean, this space in his life, I'm sure he's like, Oh, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. But when you are a creative on the level that he was, Oh, he's going to get that itch player. He's going to want to do something. So it does not surprise me that if he wants to come back, maybe five, 10 years, 15 years, he might pop back up. But no, I don't think we've seen the end of it. And if he has, you know, we still got the back at ones and the U-turns and the any times to go back and explore. Mm-hmm. And plus, yeah, I can only name yep. one artist who has ever retired on their own terms. And who maybe you guys can tell us the gaps. Joe, Tom, Joe doesn't. Who is that? Joe doesn't count. He's doing an EP with Tyrese. Come on. That could just be Tyrese saying things. We don't even know if it's true. <laughs> In a pic in a picture with Tyrese in a car. Come on. They may have been going well, to Wendy's. So? 
Exactly. He just took a picture. Like, we making an album, y'all. He didn't actually mention that he was about to order number three. Like, he didn't know Joe's, that. <laughs> he is not retiring, guys. Can I give you the, the only person who ever told me they were retired and they've lived up to their word? Who is this? Mark Dorsey. Oh, you know what? Wow. I was going to say another one, Tom, but Mark Dorsey is one, yeah. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> Ten years ago in an interview, he told me, I'm retired, I'm not making music, and I bumped into him over the years, and he's still never done anything, so there you go. Kyle, who Tom, do you know? I've, I've got two more for you. We've got Sterling Sims. He said he was going to retire and become like a... Sims. Did he even release an album ever in his career, though? Does he Yeah, he was on Def Jam. Yeah. He I don't think he ever released his album, though. Oh. He did, 2009. Really? You got to go and check that out. It's actually a pretty good album, I mean, but he... I don't remember the album, but I definitely remember him. I remember yeah. him. And then, I didn't know he put it. Okay. Yeah, I think he's like an AR now, A&R now. And then the other one is uh, Jay Valentine. He's like Tank's manager now. Huh. I did not know he was Tank's manager. <laughs> and he's... And he's also the co-host on the R&B uh, Money podcast, which we're supposed you to be really... invited to, but that never happened. <laughs> we really pulled out some obscure names here, guys. No offense to anyone. We oh, did, my but... goodness. I was saying, we did have to dig in that barrel a little bit. But again, to the level of artistry and fame of a Brian McKnight, no offense to Jake Valentine, don't really compare. <laughs> so when we think about an artist on that level who has retired... Got to think pretty hard. Ed, can you honestly can you name someone who <laughs> who was forced out of the industry and didn't even get a chance to retire on their own terms? Now, there's definitely people like that out there. I mean, oh, yeah, I don't want to. I mean, there are people who have been <laughs> forced out as far as like blackball, but as far as someone who has said, "Hey, y'all, I'm retiring," and never came back, I can't think of anybody. I can definitely think of some people who sitting in jail right now. But uh, no, I'm talking like. You know, they had to get a day job. And no, that's no knock against getting a day job. But, like, they literally had to leave the industry and work a real job, and they just never made it back. I wonder. I don't know anyone off the top of my head, but I know there's out there some like that. No, there's, yeah, there's definitely some, because somebody yeah, went into is. real estate, and I'm blanking on who exactly it is. I read this recently. But, yeah, a lot of people just had to bounce and go live their lives. When I do my yeah. whatever happened to's, you'll be surprised at what people are doing to make ends meet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak without the facts, but the one name that comes to mind is Toya, the the girl that did the record I Do back in the 2000s. I think she's yeah. like married to an NFL player now, so she's just a mother. But mm. I'll also say I don't know if she has a SoundCloud page floating around that has new music. So I, I don't want to speak before I do my research here. <laughs> uh. You never know. I just, yeah, I don't yeah, know I never, if she's done yeah. anything since, like, 2002. Like, it's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Tom, I just remembered the I Do remix with Murphy Lee. Oh, my God. Murphy Lee. You oh, have to bring him I used to this. love Murphy <laughs> Lee, believe it or not. You would. All those <laughs> That's right around all the, those that's right when I gave up on hip-hop, though. It was, like, fabulous Murphy Lee, and then I gave up after that. Wow. Well, I'll take five, but Murphy Lee got all those weirdos from St. Louis lunatics. I can't do it. Ed, great you were winner. shaking your tail feather back then, Ed. Come on. Absolutely not. I was not dropping it down <laughs> and getting my eagle on. I was doing none of the sort. Oh, man. Oh. I'm disappointed. Um, wow. Uh, let's talk about another record here. Tony Braxton, Missy Elliott, the Do It Remix. Tom, can I ask, is this Do It song better than the Nelly Furtado Do It song? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> it's, it is not. The answer is no, actually. Because Missy was on the remix for that one, too. I remember that, and I like the remix. That's classic Missy right there. But no, this is not. Plus, that beat was crazy. It was. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that Nelly Furtado, yeah. Uh, but they've come together for the remix of Do It. If you guys remember, Tony Braxton dropped this record a couple months back. It was like a piano ballad, rather slow. This remix with Missy on it, she adds a verse to it. She's ad-libbing throughout the song. The beat is a little more mid-tempo. Definitely has picked up a little bit. Um, the fans are going nuts on Twitter, as they probably 
as probably expected. But what did you guys think of the song? Well, before we get there, Tom, you have often complained about artists collaborating and them not being the same generation. When you oh saw my this, God. you must have we been it, guys. praising to the heavens. Ugh. We did it, guys. However, I still have a complaint about this. Now what? If Missy Elliott was what we call no longer relevant, quote-unquote, what people would say about an artist, then there was no way that Tony Braxton would have worked with her. I mean, she wasn't going to put, like, uh, Miss Jade on her track, you know, so... Woo! I wish she would put... (laughs) I wish she did put Miss Jade on the track. Miss Jade was incredible. Y'all slept, and I'm still pissed off y'all messed her up. She's probably somewhere working at the real estate agent now. I love how that was the first female rapper that came to mind, Miss Jade. I don't know how you dug her out, but <laughs> props, because that album, her debut album was insane. I love that album. Anyway, I love this remix. Um, shout out to my boy Damon Dunn, because he, we were talking earlier this week, and he was saying that the original, he prefers the original, and it's one of his favorite songs of the year. And he likes the remix, but not quite as much as the original. I'm the opposite. I liked the original song. I thought it was okay. But I don't know. It might be just my VA bias popping out. But I really like this remix. This is a fun one. Wait, Tom, before you give me your take, Damon Dunn, is that like Derek Dunn's brother? This is a serious I thought question. it was the um, same guy. I think we, we, we brought this up before. How is Derek Dunn and Damon Dunn the same person? They are it's quite so close. opposite. They don't even live in the same country. <laughs> oh. Damn. Well then. Well then. Kyle. <laughs> All right. I don't, have, I don't have an opinion. I did listen, but I don't have an opinion. I want your opinion, Kyle, since you're a Tony Braxton fan. Um. Well, unlike Damon Dunn or Derek, one of the Dunns, um, <laughs> I, actually, I actually was not a big fan of the original. And my boy Tony Dixon produced it, so... Never want to discredit his work, but the remix, I think, is... I probably prefer the remix. Um, I didn't really like Missy's verse too much. I felt like the contrast between Tony's beautiful voice and Missy's energetic verse, it just didn't mesh well with me. It's It felt like something was off, like the energy wasn't aligned. Mm. But, I mean, it's a cool listen. Um It'll be interesting to see what Tony's album sounds like. I think the next record is going to be a... And this is what Tony Dixon told me. It would be like roller skating music. Ed, what is roller skating music? Mm. (laughs) Roller skating music. I feel like your generation might be too young for the roller skating jams. Because in my day, there were certain songs that were built for that skating rink player. And those were jams. Yep. I don't know if this counts as roller skating music, though. No. Yeah. So, but it you know it was cool to see Missy on the remix. Ed, are we gonna get a Missy Elliott project by like the end of twenty twenty five? Player, you ask me this like every other week. If it were up to me, we would have had seven Missy projects by now. She'd be popping out albums like Brian McKnight used to. But no, I would not get my hopes up. I feel like she might be one of those artists. that's kind of like. I'll do some songs. I'll do some production. I don't know if I want to do a whole album. You know what's a, a, a dope Missy feature? On And I just spoke to the producer for an interview with the total song, Trippin'. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Fire. It's also... Um, it's also confirmed that if, uh, if Missy does that, like, giggling thing at the beginning of a song, it's usually huh. fire that... <laughs> It's usually fire. <laughs> Never that, make that noise that again, SW, Kyle. Did she do that in the SWV song? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Can yeah, we? Yeah, can we? Yep. Yep. Wow. So. <laughs> and then I guess usually that's when the cheat she does, code. If you hit a giggle, it's going to be on. <laughs> yep. Um, Ed, question for you. On the Aaliyah record, I think it was the uh, the creeping interlude. <laughs> hmm. Cr- Why was Missy creeping through the fog? Oh man! <laughs> Why do 
I, I don't know why they were creeping through the fog. Virginia isn't more a normally foggy place. I can't tell you why. I, I mean, mean like that Snoop Dogg creeps through the fog. Wait a second. It was called the Creeping Interlude? I don't know what it's called anymore. What is it called? <laughs> I know what he's talking about. Yeah. I think it's just called the introduction. The Beats for the Streets. Intro. Yes, Beats oh, for the Streets. Go. That's what it's called. Creeping through the fog. So, what does Beats for the Streets have to do with creeping through fog? I don't. And who creeps through fog? Well, Missy, clearly, and Snoop Dogg. Both <laughs> creep through fog. No, I think that was Dr. Dre that was creeping through the fog like a phantom. One of the two. Oh. I can't remember. It's mm. just something that 90s rappers did. Y'all wouldn't understand. Mm. Interesting. Um, Ed, on a side note, as we speak about VA, Pharrell and Chad actually created a new anthem for Virginia. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, but it's definitely not like the original anthem for Virginia produ- uh, produced by the Neptunes, the Cliff record, Virginia. <laughs> can, can we play that it, at a city meeting? Um, you can only play it at my city meeting, but you can't play it at the city meeting. I haven't heard the new song. There have been a lot of people that have posted it on my page. I, for whatever reason, I haven't gotten around to looking, listening to it, but I have heard about it, so I will check it out soon. But I can guarantee you, it's not the VA that the clips were talking about, where it's their home sweet home, where they got to keep chrome next to their bones. That's a great song. <laughs> oh, um, that's my song. Classic clips. Uh, we've got a couple of new albums coming out soon. Uh, actually, two albums that did come out last week. One was August Alsina. He's back after a long, long time. I think his last album came out in 2015. Looks like he's doing better health-wise, so good to see August back. And then CeeLo Green, I've seen some raving reviews on this one. I haven't heard it yet, but um, apparently it's like a nice mix of that throwback soul music and then some of just what we hear today. Yes, I was, and I've made no secret that I thought his 2010 album was extremely underrated. I thought it was fantastic, so I'm looking forward to it. I haven't heard it yet, but I hopefully I will check it out before next week, and then I can give my opinions then. August Alcina is not my favorite, so I'll leave that one to you, Kyle. <laughs> but, Tom, there's two new albums that are set to come out here. Avant, we just spoke to him uh, the other day, and uh, I just got to confirm that he is not dying. His health is good. <laughs> Ed, Tom, no, he just God. went vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat anymore. So, shout out to Avant. Shout out to Avant. <laughs> So, Ed, if you want to look like Skeletor, you need to cut out the meat as well. Well, first of all, I'm not cutting out meat. There's one thing Tom and I have in common. It's if I put seasoning on mine. I'm not going to sit around here eating dry <laughs> chicken like this guy. But other than that, there will be no meat cutting out. All right. Well, Avant's set to drop an album soon, and he made an interesting comment, Tom. He wants the fans to pre-order the album. Now, pre-ordering means a lot of different things depending on what year you're in. What does pre-ordering mean in 2020? <laughs> That's what you took from the interview. That was the most interesting thing you found, Kyle. Oh I don't. I don't. Well, well, the thing is, when he was saying pre-order the album, the comments were saying, "How do I pre-order?" And I wanted to answer it and give them, you know, the way to do it. But then I realized I don't know how to pre-order. Oh my well, in 2020. Well, is there still iTunes actually? Yes, there's still iTunes. You can just go there and buy it early and then get you your free song. I, I assume they still do the free songs, but I yeah, want wants your that, money early. He got was. deals. Yeah, oh, that's okay. what Edibles, that new song you put out, if you pre-order. But yeah, I mean, I know it's confusing because everyone just streams now and no one buys anything, which, you know, I don't know how labels are even still in business, but that's yeah. That's what I ask. <laughs> Wait. On Spotify, if there's a new album coming out, you can actually click and save it. And then when the album does come out, you'll get a notification. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, news to me. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's called Ed, if you guys. Ed, just stick to your CDs. Yes, I'm going to stick to my CDs all day long. I'm going to buy them up. And that way, when they get snatched off of iTunes and they get snatched off of Spotify... I'll be sitting in my basement listening to Aaliyah albums. So forget all y'all. <laughs> pet, pet peeve, though. Pet peeve, guys. I, and I love Brian McKnight, but I saw him say 
My new CD is out now. It's 2020. <laughs> I love it. We can't be referring to these as CDs anymore, guys. I don't know. If I had reviewed his album, he gets an extra half star for that reference. What? Yo, <laughs> yes. but to, to be fair, about 10 years ago, people were saying it was old to call something an album, and they wanted it referred to as a CD. I remember. Well, what I remember when like cassettes were thrown away. It's... No, but the, the the real term is album, though. Like that's the standard term. No, I thought. No, the real term is LP. No, because if you look on Wikipedia, and you look at an artist's discography, you know there's studio there's um, studio albums. Like I'm on Aaliyah's page right here. It says studio albums. Yeah, it says studio albums. But there was a point where people were saying you're supposed to say CD, not album. Like I definitely remember this. People are just yeah, weird and just want whatever they have to be the not the hardest narrative. Yeah, because once upon a time, albums were referred to as like vinyls. Like that's what an album was to people. Just a vinyl, like a big yep. CD. Re- records. So. People still use the term records. That's what it was. A vinyl yeah, record. I feel like does the anyone, record term does has, anyone still say? Made does anyone still say cassette? Oh God, yeah. no. No record. Damn. People use the term record for like singles now. I hear. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool. I like it actually, but not the proper term, guys. It's about joints and jams, guys. Joints and jams and tunes. <laughs> joints. We like tunes. Joints and sound like some old person at the um, arthritis office. My joints and my jams. <laughs> and big big tunes, as the uh, oh. British would say. I don't know what that is. It's a big tune. Another album that's coming out. So we have Avant coming out in July. And Jagged Edge has been rumored to be coming out for at least a year now. A Jagged Love Story. They keep pushing the album back. They released a new song, uh, Decided. But the people are really waiting for the album. They put out the single to say, hey, the album's not quite ready yet. So here's a single. I read the comments on Instagram, and people are furious, man. They're like, just drop the album. It's been a year. And Brandon took it to Instagram to say, this is not what a fan should be saying. And then he referenced another fan that said, yeah, we'll be ready for you whenever you guys are ready to drop it. And then Brandon said, that's what a fan should say. That was interesting. I love it. I love it. That's keeping it real. That's fighting with your fans. It doesn't get much realer than that. I mean, it's real, but I'm just saying, if this is a cake, and these singles are like, what, the cake looking like? Y'all need to keep that in the oven a little hotter, because that cake sound like it's <laughs> fell down a little bit. Like, if we oh, need to just on. hold off another year what? to get this album straight, that's what we will do. Because there has not been one single yet Then I'm like, okay. Now, this most recent one at least sounds like a Jagged Edge song. I'll give it that. But, yeah, we need to put that thing back in the oven, player. And these yeah, were the opinions I, I, of... Yes, E.T. Bowser on Twitter. So Come holler at me, Brandon. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Well, here's my thing about this new Jagged record. And Jagged is one of my favorite groups of all time. The beat sounds like a typical 90s influence beat, what I, which is what I like from Jagged Edge. But their usage of autotune, and they have stated that they are going to use autotune on this album because they just want to experiment, so you cannot be mad at them for it. But, like, for me, I have no problem with autotune when it's used, you know, creatively and for the right reasons. I feel like they're just throwing it on for the sake of throwing it on. And it really is ruining the song for me. I have said a million times, because everybody's like, oh, you're so anti-autotune. I am not anti-autotune. I don't mind autotune as an inflection, as a way to jazz up a song. You know how autotune is like thrown at the end of Genuine's differences for like a few seconds at the end? Okay, yep. that's cool. But like, it should be garnish on the song. It should not be the whole song. Like, garnish is like the little stuff you put on top of your pasta. Like, nobody's going to eat a plate of that green leaves because it's going to be nasty. Like, it's supposed to accent it. It's not supposed to be the whole thing. I know it's experimentation, but not when the experimentation is bleach. It's killing you. You don't want to be like, I'm going to experiment by drinking a whole bunch of bleach. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, shout out to Jagged Edge. We look forward to this well, album. Can I play devil's out. advocate? Can I just play devil's you advocate? You always real do. Quick? 
does it even matter, guys? And here's my point. They could make the best album in the history of music. And no one would even care. It wouldn't get played on pop radio. It wouldn't even move up the charts. People wouldn't pay attention. So what is even, does it even matter? Yes, it matters. Because you have a fan base that's clearly pissed off that they ain't got an album in a year. If nothing else, you want to deliver to them. So, of course, it's not going to be a... Well, it's not going to be Boys to Men 2. Like, there's no way it can do that, <laughs> even if it is as good because of the climate. And there's no slight to them. This is just the, the times we live in. But Jagged Edge definitely has enough gas left in the tank to give us a standout album of 2020. Lord knows we ain't had that many. They could definitely no, do I that. No, I know. But I, know. I don't like how... I am too because I feel like that they're self-sabotaging themselves. Like there are songs like this last song that came out could have been a solid song, but it's unnecessary bells and whistles that take away from it. I know Brandon and, and them gonna cuss me out. Brandon Bryan gonna get me. Et Bowser on Twitter. I'll in my DMs. But the point is when they're when you're a fan of an artist like I am, a big Jagged Edge fan, I want the best. You can experiment a little bit. But if it didn't work on layover, I don't know why you thought it would work now. No, no. See, my point is, I don't think they're gonna. These artists are even gonna try as hard to put out the best possible project because they know it's not gonna do any numbers like, you know, like they used to. So I'm not accusing anyone of not trying to create the best possible music. But like, when you have that in the back of your mind, are you really gonna go all out and spend hours and weeks and months making a masterpiece? I would hope so. You would hope because so. at the end of the day, your <laughs> at the end of the day is your rep you on the line. Like Jagged Edge should be a name that's equated with excellence. There are classic songs behind that name. You don't want to just put out whatever. Like that's just what it is. And I want them as a fan to give me the best because we know they can do that. So don't give me stuff that again it's okay to experiment. You can try it. If it works, it works. Don't it don't. But don't keep going to the well if the water is out. Man, Ed, I can't wait for Brian and Brandon to give you the Casey death drop, like the Dudley death no. drop, but like the Casey style, <laughs> like Jagged Edge style. Man, I can't wait. It's it's gonna happen. And then Wingo <laughs> and Kyle are gonna come in with leg drops and, and chair shots. I can't wait. Well, of course you two would turn on me, treacherous tag team partners you are. <laughs> I said Wingo and Kyle, relax. <laughs> oh, I thought you said... I thought you said we had Kyle. Okay, I thought you were putting time into it. Like, man, I'm going to get NWO-style jumped. Let's see how you go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, a couple more records here. I just want to highlight these ones. Usher dropped a new record, another social-conscious record, but a really good one. He sounds really great on this song. Um, so shout-outs to Usher. And then Jayla Darden. This is a new artist that uh, I forget who recommended her to us back in – December when her EP came out Tom I think it was uh, his Instagram handle starts with a K it's like KWC or something do you know who I'm talking about that's Slick Partner is that Slick Partner KW8971 I think so yeah he he put us on to Jayla Darden back in December when she dropped her EP onto something and uh, she dropped a new song today Demonstration it really gives me that Brandy and Aaliyah vibe and what's cool about her, she's probably in her early 20s, and I looked at the credits for, for this song. Written, produced, mixed, engineered, uh, vocally produced by, everything is Jayla Darden. So, really cool Jeez. to see a young female artist that's doing it all. It's impressive. Yeah, shout out so. to the man Slick Partner, because he's good about just sharing some new voices yep. that are out there. I picked up a few from the bro. He knows mm-hmm. his stuff. So. Yep. So, are you guys ready for the Soul Back track of the day? Yes, what you got? Some good Mark Dorsey? Uh, I mean, we could go with Mark <laughs> Dorsey here, but but we're not going to. Um, can we go with the tweet record here, uh, Call Me? Because that beat was nuts. Anything tweet did in that era was absolutely insane. I'm always yeah. down for it. And as I said on Instagram recently... You can tell the makings of a good album when the singles are hot, but the album cuts are even hotter. And that is the case mm-hmm. for that debut. Incredible album. Yep. 
And Tom, Tweet recently announced that she's going to be dropping a new EP with her girl group Suga. Uh, they were originally signed to Devante Swing, part of that whole basement crew. Aren't they putting an EP together and Devante's actually involved in this? Yeah. Um, that's what Tweet told us in the interview. I can't tell you if it's true or not. Uh, or if it's going to come to fruition. We haven't heard from Devante in some time now, but apparently they've stayed in touch. You know, Sugar, the group has stayed in touch. And, um, you know, Susan, Susan Weems, Rolita, and Tweet. So that's exciting. I mean, the music is pretty old. But they're going to re- rework it a bit, I think, and um, re-record it. And it's going to be pretty cool. So, you know, that's definitely a welcome, you know, project right there. I am very much looking forward to that one. That's kind of a dream project. And if that falls under the radar, then I'm coming after every R&B fan because you don't often see Devontae Swing come out of the blue and drop some new music, so we better appreciate it while he's here. Well, you know between the three of us on this podcast, say what you want about those who are always coming at our throats, but we support. So we put our monies where our mouths are. We definitely support, especially artists like these who have deserved this platform. We're going to put them on if nobody else does. Yep. So unfortunately, um, Ed, our support doesn't always uh, keep artists popping. Tom, remember the artist Tay Beckham? That song, Excuses? What happened uh, to her? Yeah. Yeah. I think only I only three of us heard that song. <laughs> I love that. There was, there was a few good songs on there. Damn. Yeah. So, shout. I still check for her, actually, to see if she's coming out with stuff. Is she? Uh, The last I checked, I, I, I couldn't remember. No, I don't think so. All right. Um, anyway, shout-outs to Tweet. Shouts to shouts to everyone. We love everyone here. But it's time to get into the play of please. And this will be fun. Uh oh. Ed, are you ready? Boy, I'm always ready. What you got? Uh first of all, Kanye West partnered up with Gap to produce a new clothing line, and Kanye West always delivers with his clothing. Uh, according to some people. And uh, he's also dropping a new sneaker. I think it's with Adidas, actually. But it's the Foam Runner. And, uh, Ed, you saw a picture of it. Apparently it sold out, like, right away. But what are your thoughts on this shoe? I saw a picture of it. I'm pretty sure I wiped it off of my car because it looks like bird doo-doo. Like, what in the world? (laughs) Who puts that on their feet? (laughs) Damn. I'm sure when... Tom saw it. It looks like his son's drool. Like it just looks like a glob of nothing. People it's wear a this mangled, stuff. A mangled piece of plastic. No. It's like a shoe. It's like someone bit the top off some J's. Like what is this? <laughs> I'm afraid because yeah. I'm going to Google it right now. I'm going to see what the retail price is on it. But I'm afraid to do that. Well, it's... I, and I, oh, people will say I'm hating on an entrepreneur because it's funny how Kanye makes his deal and we suddenly forget about all his foolishness over the past two years. Shows how short our attention spans are. But this man has been selling y'all apocalypse clothes and dirty pajamas and holy hoodies for I don't know how long. And then we are <laughs> pretending that it's high fashion. Go ahead and spend your $400 if you want. Actually, so I've done my Google here. The shoe's retail price will be, drum roll please, Tom. Uh-huh. That's your drum roll? It's, uh, it's $75. That's, that's a steal right what? there. What? $75? That's actually not bad. Well, I guess they can't have $600 shoes in a freaking gap, but okay. I wouldn't pay <laughs> $7 for it, but somebody will. We might have to on our next podcast. We'll all just wear them. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at this picture. Are you supposed to wear socks with this? Is it like a a sandal? Like there's all these holes. It's, in it's it. got holes in it and crap. Like what are you supposed to do? <laughs> I don't it's know for, what's uh, going on. It it allows your feet to breathe, guys. Um, okay, well I'm not gonna blast holes in my Jordan twos. Like stop. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
Uh, and then the last play of please here, and before we even get to the play of please, can I ask you guys a question? Because we have a pandemic going on. This is very serious. Yes. Obviously, concerts are not happening right now, and everyone is staying away for safety reasons. I asked the people on Twitter who would feel safe going to a concert right now. I think the vote was like 1% yes, 99% no. <laughs> uh, As it should unanimous. be. But, Ed, Tom, what if there was a music festival that came here right now, and the headlining act was Biggie Smalls, followed by Tupac, Aaliyah, Whitney Houston, Left Eye, Prince, Michael Jackson, all of them are on stage right now. And they're playing what Yankee the? Stadium. Are oh. you going to be in attendance for that one? And this is you not even the hologram. They came back to life. Are you going to risk your you life? You got to risk your life for that. First you of all, you. if you went to, if you saw that concert, you already got Corona and died because that's the only way you're going to see these people oh. perform. So <laughs> no. Damn. You wouldn't. I guess. Well, honestly, I mean, this is a whole nother topic but i feel like if you take the proper precautions you can pull it off no no this is is not proper precautions this is a regular concert you're you're shoulder to shoulder with the next person you can smell the popcorn he's eating the nachos and all of that stuff but tom at what point in your life at what Mm. point in your life will you ever hear biggie rap hypnotize ever again this is your chance well, you'll be hearing them rap all the time because you'll be dead with the rest of them if you go play with these people in this pandemic. Do it if you want, but I ain't the one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ed, the point of that question is Tank wants to start doing shows again. He's telling oh the promoters God. to hit him up. And he's telling his fans, it's your choice if you want to come, but I'm going to be doing shows. That oh is, to God. me crazy and i don't even know because there were a lot of people fighting fighting tank and saying what are you doing but tanks you know we we love tank and he's very opinionated as uh, with everything but i don't i don't know about this one (sighs) tom you go who will be speaking next no i'm not i'm not commenting (laughs) i've made amends with tank and I pre- intend to keep it there on behalf of you know I got soul.com. So Edward Bowser of Soul and Stereo, feel free to proceed. <laughs> let me take a deep breath and let me drink my little bit of Dasani before I talk about what I got to talk about. And listen, as Tom just said, what I will say, first of all, is not directed toward any artist by any name. Because as we have discussed, we are not talking about any artist. So I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about any artist right now who's trying to have a concert. So, those comments come from Edward T. Bowser at E.T. Bowser on Twitter. Not Y-K-I-G-S. E.T. Bowser. I love this. Let me take my swig. <laughs> Player, you got to get the legality straight. <sighs> Everybody has been asking me to talk about this, and I have said nothing. So, I'm going to say it now, and I'm going to keep it brief. Actually, I'm probably not. I'm a little annoyed. And why am I annoyed, player? Because even though we've been living through this pandemic for months, months now, players still think it's a game. I don't know why. I guarantee everybody under the sound of my voice right now has had somebody directly affected by this virus. Just real talk, music aside, we've all had somebody affected. In my family, we have had five cases. The youngest being my cousin Trav, who is in college. The oldest being my beloved aunt Minnie. Of those five people, two of them are no longer with us, including aunt Minnie. Trav here, he cool. But my point is, this is serious. And because of social distancing, we couldn't even have like a funeral. So if it sounds like I'm a little pissy, it's because I am. Because I take this stuff personally. It's not just my job right now, but it's also what we've gone through. So for an artist, any artist, to basically say, we need to have a concert, basically, so I can make some money, is the most selfish, delusional mess I have ever heard. Selfish. That's what it is. I'm not naming names. I said any artist. I don't want to hear anything about we'll take precautions. 
Because what you going to do with the show? They going to sit in a fishbowl? Y'all going to walk around in suits of armor? You can't take precautions because if you're at a show, Kyle, what do you do? You're going to be screaming the songs along with the artist, spit flying in the air, Corona just swapping. Like you cannot do that. If you are asking a large crowd to come to a space so you can make money, you do not care about the fans you claim to love. I'm just keeping it real. You are trying to get paid and you are risking the lives of others for a buck. Straight up selfish. That's what it is. D.L. Hughley. Did y'all see he the other day? He passed out on stage and then he woke up and found he had coronavirus. So everybody who went to that concert is now compromised. That's the reality. It's not worth it. And I don't want to hear how hard it is for artists. It's hard out here for everybody. Because you know how many people have been unemployed or businesses have closed or furloughed because of this thing? You ain't special. But as an artist, you have other avenues to get paid. So you can have streaming concerts. We've seen that with Keith. We've seen it with Erica Badu. We've seen it with plenty of people. There's ways to hustle and get coins. That restaurant down the street from me that just closed, they didn't have the luxury. But you don't see them on Instagram saying, well, you just better come get some of my Chinese food. Get some shrimp and a side of death. It's okay. Just keeping it real. Listen to me very closely as I say this because I'm just keeping it real. Holler at me in my DMs, whoever has an issue. Anybody, anybody right now, politicians, pastors, raggedy R&B artists, who are putting their bag before their clans in this climate, you are compromising human lives for cash. That's despicable. Trash. Well said, Ed. Well, but can I try, Tom, can we, can we try something? What, what well, if, can I say something um, first, Tom? Okay. I was going to say, Tank, if you're listening and you plan on doing a live show, if you perform Sex, Love, and Pain 1 from top to bottom, I might bring my mask to the venue and, and oh listen. Oh my goodness. I might, because... Tom, have we even ever seen Tom uh, Tank perform Wedding Song live? No. Never. Kyle, I can't so believe you just said that it. after Ed went on that I know. beautiful... I know. I'm sorry, Let Ed. Let me just ask Ed one final yes or no question, and then we'll move on. Ed. Yes? If this was Tank's only means of getting cash, if he... If his songwriting money dried up, if he was unable to claim unemployment, if he was unable to gain any streaming revenues and he had to feed five children and his wife and his only hope of feeding them at this point because he couldn't get any other job was to perform a live concert, would you find it acceptable? First of all, I'm not speaking about any artist, Tank Durrell or anybody else, but if I am speaking of a mythical or hypothetical R&B artist, who right now wanted to do something that would ask a gathering of people to get into one place so he can breathe and spit all over him so he can make some cash, is trash. Thank uh, you. You're right. I shouldn't have uh, made a joke out of it, but yeah, you're right. There's no excuse. Yeah. But Tom, Absolutely who that live? Anybody. When live? There's a lot of Kyle, records here, can Tom. you move on, please? Oh, my goodness. All right, all right, all right. I might just go listen to Sex, Love, and Pain later, because that's a great album. Dude, because um, you think got me old. <laughs> Tom, you see what happens when I get riled up. I'm getting riled up. <laughs> well, Ed, we can go back to talking about Shanti's Chapter 2 if you want. <laughs> no, let's not. All right. Uh, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, it's been a fun week. Uh... Another great episode. Ed, what's going on with So In Stereo? And I got to give you some props before you talk about what you're going to talk about. Because I saw that you ranked John Legend's albums. And I don't know how you did it. But you did it. I would have fallen asleep oh by my. album number two. But you did it. <laughs> Calm down. Let's play. Calm Wait, down. Let's talk actually, about Actually, I love that. John. Go ahead. Tom. I love John Legend now. Tom, you missed it last week. I gave him an, him an apology. I'm actually the biggest fan now. What? What happened? Yes, you I'm missed gone. it. Jeez. The, the John script Legend, got completely flipped. John Legend asked for bigger love, and I'm giving him all my love. Oh, oh my he God. likes one of Please. your posts, and all of a sudden you're his biggest fan. Exactly. Yep. Thank you for keeping it real, Tom. Yep. Jeez. 
Anyway, can we get to Soul and Stereo? Because to Kyle's point, yes, I ranked John Legend's entire discography and actually had a lot of fun doing it. I have been quite critical, as Kyle, maybe not as critical as Kyle, about some of the lesser albums in the past 10 years. Kind of like Alicia Keys. How we kind of give her a lot of grief for her more recent stuff. But we forget how good that early stuff is. John has hits. So go check that out on Soul and Stereo, my ranking of John Legend's albums. And even Tom's favorite, once again, I had to give a little bit more love and realize that unbiased reviewer Ed had been giving it a hard time. So I show that one a lot of love. Check that out. Also, my, my we talked about my boy Damon Dunn earlier. He got a lot of screen time on this episode. But <laughs> he joined me for the, the latest head-to-head. We went head-to-head about Janet, talking about her best albums, her... Her classics, her best singles, best album cuts, and we asked a question I've been asking of Twitter for a decade now. What would her career look like without the Super Bowl scandal? If you asked the stands, she would be bigger than Beyonce if it wasn't for the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's true, but we kind of we look at that from an objective lens with a super fan, so you can't just say it's me. Stand on board that agrees, so we'll see what's up there. And another fun one. There are lots of cartoons growing up from my era that were kind of like ambiguous about their race. But to me, them brothers were black. So I talk about 11 cartoon characters that we weren't quite sure, but I'm pretty positive are black, including your boy Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z. Wow. That is uh, that's something else. Shout out to Piccolo. Um, <laughs> that was a fun talk. one. That that's actually pretty cool. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Got to see who else is uh is a black cartoon character. Oh, you'll uh, love this one, Kyle. Yeah, now that I think about it, pickle, I can see that. Um, Tom, what's going on with you? Know I got so we just interviewed Brian McKnight, Tweet, and Avant last week. A lot of great interviews. I think you also interviewed uh, producer Daryl Pearson, right? Yep, from the basement. And also, let me just correct you. Committed a technical inaccuracy a few moments ago. You said you fell asleep during John Legend's second album. That album is a banger. It's not even slow. So you need to go back and check that one out again, Kyle, please. Maybe John Legend will like it if you post about it, too. Uh, <laughs> all right. We shall see. <laughs> but, yeah, Daryl Pearson, a lot of history with The Basement, followed by working with on Maya's first album, on some of Drew Hill's first few albums and, and beyond. So that will be out soon. And, yeah, more stuff to come. That's awesome. And Ed, stay tuned soon. I'm trying to work on an interview with Irv Gotti. He liked one of my comments, so we're close. But once we get it done, I might have to leave this podcast and join the Murdering Street team. Well, good for you, because Lord knows they need some help. Ja Rule isn't going to dance on that chicken by himself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, guys, I think that's it for this week. Everyone stay safe out there. Um, And we'll be back next week to talk more R&B. Yes, wash your hands, wear your mask, and sit down. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're out.